0: On the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City.
1: Here's Matt Pauly. A 4-1 victory for the Brewers tonight, last night, early this morning, whatever you want to call it. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. have you for the next hour and six minutes. We are taking you till 1.30 in the morning staying up late getting up early if you want to join the program you can do so by calling or texting into the acunet mortgage talk and text line 855-616-1620 that's 855-616-1620 or you can tweet at me if you'd like at matt Pauli on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air Vinny retino former brewer and valley sports wisconsin analyst he's going to be joining us coming up in just a few moments after the brewers get this 4-1 win Uh, this is one of those Wins that I would say, this kind of fits the the mold of the way the Brewers need to win a lot of their games. Really good pitching. Corbin Burns was outstanding as he normally is. The bullpen did the job, and we'll really get into that later on because uh, that was an impressive performance from the bullpen on a night when it was especially stressed. The bullpen does its job, and then they come up with a couple big hits. Mike Brasso hits a home run, and Tyrone Taylor hits a home run, and for Taylor, it's a three-run shot, and that ends up being the difference in this game, and that's how the Brewers win. Uh, You can probably say this about a lot of teams in Major League Baseball, but that's the formula. Driving in runs with home runs and getting good pitching, and if you can do that, you're going to win a lot of games, and that's what the Brewers were able to do tonight. So, the the things that kind of jump out at me here to start things off. First off, the double play that was turned by Hobie Milner. What a what a fantastic play! Uh, if you were listening on the radio, and I hope you were, I encourage you to go find video of that play somewhere because it's it's almost hard to describe because he fielding that ball with his left hand, a sp- essentially spun the opposite way of what you naturally would spin to get into position to make that throw and by taking the the kind of the lesser route but the more challenging route on the spin i'm sure when we talk about with vinny Rotino, he's going to use much better language than i am right now to describe uh, what was going on there but by by cutting down the spin by basically 40% or so uh, he saved just enough time that they're able to turn two and that is a huge moment in this game milner was having a hard time throwing strikes at that moment so it's just that's that's such a big play uh, for devin williams to come in and do what he did on a back to back was impressive so yeah this was a good game and i was thinking when When Corbin Burns was done after six innings, and it was clear at that point he was done, he was at 99 pitches, there's no value in trying to bring him back out for a seventh inning. But when Burns is done after 99, all I can think about is what happened in yesterday's game where they got high pitch counts from Boxberger and Williams, so you knew the bullpen was going to be used a little bit differently tonight than it was yesterday, plus the fact that Josh Hader is not with the team. And that was, that was the crossroads moment in this game. If this game was going to go the wrong way, it was going to be because of some of these bullpen pitchers being used in roles that they are not normally used in. But give credit to Hobie Milner at times had some issues but was able to uh, get through gave up a couple hits, had a hard time throwing strikes, but all that really matters when you're a relief pitcher is if you put up a zero and that's exactly what Milner did Uh, Trevor Gott went in, uh, did a nice job, and then Devin Williams able to uh, close it out, so all the way around solid game today for the Brewers they're still trying to figure out what they're going to be doing, another injury today as uh, Hunter Renfro is headed to the injured list, so you think about Willie Adamas being on the injured list, for. Peralta on the injured list now Renfro's going uh, on the injured list this is a team that's uh Their depth is starting to be tested. It is tested on an every-year basis. Over the last few years, the Brewers have been among the leaders in transactions and and players used on the roster. So this is nothing new, but you lose a guy like Hunter Renfro. That's not a great situation, but in his first game not available. The Brewers uh, do enough, and they win by a 4-1 score. Again, if you want to uh, join the program, you can do so by uh, calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Vinny Retino, former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, he'll join me coming up in just a moment or so. We're taking you till 1.30 in the morning, a late-night, early-morning edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley.
0: Here's the 3-2 pitch, and it's a ground ball, gloved by Wong. He'll flip to Arias for one, on to first in time. It is a 4-6-3
1: double play. The run will score from third, but there are two outs.
2: 4-1, the Brewers
1: come up with a win in San Diego. They even up the three-game series at a game apiece. Rubber game of the match tomorrow afternoon as the Brewers will have Aaron Ashby on the mound. But tonight, they get the 4-1 victory. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855 855- 616-1620, that's 855-616-1620, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Let's bring in a former brewer, Vinny Rotino. And Vinny, this is a really good win for this team. I want to start with the play made by Hobie Milliner, starting that double play. It's It's hard for me to describe how essentially... He turned the way that you generally would not turn naturally, but that saved just a split second of time, and by making that throw and by saving that time, he gets the second out. I. That, that was just a flat-out incredible double play.
3: It was an incredible double play. It saved the game, really. I mean, how athletic was that from a sidearm lefty where you, you kind of joke with pitchers in general, especially sidearm relievers, that they're not really athletic. Just ask Tim Dillard, right? He, they're, they're just not the most athletic bunch, but I think Colby Milner is. That was an incredibly athletic play. Turned, fired a strike to second base, and then Luis Arias actually turned a really good double play right there um, It was really quick to get rid of that it was a nice strong throw to first base a double off trent grisham but it, it really did save the game because you you kind of saw the wheels fall off a little bit or start to fall off for holby milner giving up a couple of singles to lead off his outing and then the double play happened
1: i i don't mean to like just obsess over the direction that he turned but it, it to me it's a really big deal and Uh, For people who did not see it, especially if you're a right-hander, I guess a way to describe it is if you were to go pick up a baseball with your right hand and your front shoulder, your right shoulder is facing second base, when you pick that ball up, your body is going to naturally send you where you come all the way around because you're facing basically towards third. So you would come all the way around, third, home, first, and then look back at second. So he's a lefty. You do that in opposite. But instead of kind of going forward, he went backwards, and he was still able to, to do that. Like I, just the, the na- being able to do that on in the moment where your body is telling you to turn the other direction, I just I'm amazed by it.
3: Yeah, the reason why a player would do that is because they don't want to turn all the way around and lose sight of the target. The the challenge in that and the risk in doing it the way that he did it is getting his shoulders squared up to the to the target then, right? The shoulders have to come way around to get squared up to the target because at if you don't, you're going to leave that front shoulder open and you will airmail that ball 99 times out of 100, but he did it. He, he was able to turn like you said, kind of the unnatural way, and then really square off that uh, well, he's a left-hander, so it's really square off that right shoulder to get it to the target. I'm watching a replay of it right now, and as again, I would encourage you guys to go online and take a look at that play. That was an incredible play, and again, it saved the game. And
1: it, it comes on a night where I, I mentioned this after last night's loss. I said last night's loss, it might not have just been a loss, But there was a possibility that last night's loss was going to cost you today's game as well because of the bullpen usage yesterday uh, with with Williams and Boxberger specifically. So going into the game between those two guys having high pitch counts yesterday plus uh, Josh Hader not being available, you knew the bullpen was going to look different today and you knew that guys were going to be put into situations that they're normally not put into. It wasn't easy for Milner, but he pulls off the scoreless inning. Trevor Gott was pretty good, and then Devin Williams does pitch on back-to-back days, and he was fantastic striking out two of the three batters that he faces but you know we we spent so much time on the home runs and on the performance from corbin burns and all that's important but for those three guys to be put in the position that they were put in for various reasons and, and do what they did that's another reason the brewers get this victory
3: yeah, the Milner one was the one that's not, it's not a head scratcher. I mean, he had to he had to pitch in the spot that he had to pitch in because he was going to face two lefties in that inning. Uh, but he showed that he can throw in a high leverage spot. I don't know how much Craig Council is going to rely on him to throw in high leverage situations like that. Probably not that often, especially if a full strength bullpen. But he did a great job of getting that double play and getting out of it. He showed a lot of you know poise out there in Moxie. With being able to get out of that, and then obviously Trevor got. He is going to be relied on in, in high high leverage situations. He continues to answer the call and do a great job in these situations. And he threw a really nasty sinker to Will Myers to strike out to strike him out to get out of that. Um, especially after the error that Luis Arias had, uh, you know, air mailing that throw. So that was a great job by him. And that, yeah, I mean, what you said about Devin Williams was spot on. I mean, the fact that uh, he, he punched out two those guys, the fastball command is getting there, and it's it's probably there at this point, and that's such a big thing for him, for a, him to be able to set up the changeup with a really good fastball uh, and, and command it within the zone.
1: I'm a big believer that managers need to do things, especially in the first half of the season, that help Instill confidence in players, and I think that pays dividends down the stretch of the season. And it may cost you a game or two every once in a while, and if that happens, I'm okay with it. I think it's a really big part of managing. I think Craig Council does a good job with that. How good does Hobie Milner feel right now that A, he's given that opportunity in that moment, and then even, you know, he's allowed to go through the entire inning and he gets out of there scoreless?
3: Yeah, I mean, that is it, it, confidence and trust in yourself, and knowing your manager has trust in you is such a big thing for baseball players in general but especially for relievers. I mean all it takes is one bad outing where all of a sudden you're sitting down there you don't pitch in 5 days after that outing and then you get the call in a high leverage spot and you're like uh, you feel like a fish out of water. And so yeah, I, that's a really good point, Matt, because um, especially early on, Craig is is th- Craig's counsel is playing chess when a lot of other managers are playing checkers. He really is. I mean, like you said, he he's th- Thinking, he's thinking two months down the road where he's going to need Holby. Holby Milner might get optioned at some point, and he knows that he needs to give Holby Milner some confidence so that when he does come back, he knows he's going to come back and need him again, again, if he does get options. speculating speculating here. But, um, and then he's going to need him to get some big outs later on in the season. So um, he is 100% playing chess when other managers are playing checkers.
1: Brewers get the 4-1 win in San Diego tonight. Again, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, or tweet at us at Matt Pauly on air. When we come back, we'll get into the performance of uh, Corbin Burns, 6-strong. We'll get into Tyrone Taylor, a big three-run home run for him as he continues to be given opportunities, and he does things with those opportunities. We'll discuss all those things coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
2: The 2-2 to Grisham. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. A curveball that bounced in there. Tag applied by Caratini and Corbin Burns. He's finding it. Strikes him out. 1-2-3 in order in the fourth. Yeah, he more than found
1: it. Goes six innings, allows one run on five hits, five strikeouts, two walks. The five strikeouts actually kind of a. Low number for Burns when you consider what he has done throughout the course of the season and last year as well. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly, Vinny Rotino here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me at Matt Pauly on air. Vinny, uh, Corbin gives up the the one run in the first inning but they they traded double play for that run and then he locks in after that as I mentioned the strikeout total wasn't really there but at the end of the day he gives up just one run on five hits so it felt a little different today for Burns but the end result is the same.
3: We're spoiled with Corbin Burns. Craig Kashan and I were talking about it after the the pre uh, the post game show. It's like he doesn't it doesn't feel like he's he's Pitching... Better than last year, but he's actually the numbers are better than last year. He's actually given up eight home runs already this year, which is a kind of a staggering number to consider. That knowing that he only gave up seven home runs the entire year last year, and so he's given up eight homers, but yet his ERA is lower than last year, and his WHIP is actually lower than last year. So we're actually a little bit. I feel like we're we're almost like watch his performance tonight and be like, ah, it was okay. But at the end of the day, it was six innings pitched with one earned run, two walks. I mean, yeah, he only punched out five. I think I think teams are making a little bit of an adjustment against him in that they're almost waiting him out. They're making sure that he is in the zone. They don't want to be chasing the cutter off the plate and out of the zone. So they're almost like making, making him come back into the zone before they start to attack. So I do think that Opposing hitters are are doing that, trying to just make the adjustment, because he's unhittable otherwise. But luckily for him, he's got so many weapons that he can go to to get out, and so he just continues. I mean, he was really good with the curveball tonight. He was able to land it within the zone. So when hitters try to do that and wait him out, he's just got multiple weapons to give, get him back in the counts.
1: Yeah, you look at the swing and miss numbers today. He got nine swings on his curveball. Six of them were swings and misses. He got four swings on his slider all four of them were swings and misses. Uh, but then on his cutter, which he threw for a strike tonight 66% of the time, he got two swings on the 20 or two uh, whiffs on the 23 swings he got on the cutter. So, yeah, the, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think you're right about them kind of waiting out that cutter. But at the same time, that's probably a bad strategy when he's throwing the cutter for a strike 66% of the time.
3: No, yeah exactly I mean there's no good way to attack Corbin burns if you're a hitter I mean again the, the five weapons that are all plus I mean the cutter is one of the most elite pitches in the game I mean it, it, it just is and just um, he's got he's got the slider he's got the curveball he's been able to land for strikes he wasn't really commanding his his changeup that well tonight he was really flaring it off to the to arm side and so you hear him talk about it a lot when he is Is in an outing and and kind of evaluating an outing like where he can get better and that's what's so impressive about this kid is that kind of constantly making adjustments to refine his arsenal and just to make sure that he is ready to go and able to attack hitters that next time out so I mean it was it was just a a brilliant performance you would maybe like to see him go maybe seven innings especially when the bullpen is is taxed a little bit but again that is where we're nitpicking his performances on a nightly basis, We just want him to to throw a perfect game every time.
1: Tyrone Taylor has the biggest hit of the game, a three-run home run, and it's a tiny sample size, but when you look at his last five games, and that goes back to uh, May 18th, it's one game against Atlanta, two games against Washington, and two games against the Padres. In his last five games, he's hitting 400. He's got three home runs, 10 RBIs. He's got an OPS above 1,300. He's really being given this almost every day opportunity for the first time in his major league career, and, and so far he's running with it, Vinny.
3: Yeah, he is running with it. Since I, I go back actually to May fourth is when it seems like he's been playing most every day. Two seventy nine, eight fifty eight OPS. It's a fifty four at bat sample size, so it's not that small of a sample. He's got four home runs. Um, look, he's, he's just getting a chance to play, uh, you know, more consistently and he he's running with it I mean early on I think he was putting a little bit of pressure on himself to kind of repeat what he did last year and be like okay this is my opportunity low Kanine slowing down a little bit I'm gonna get more at bats and I thought he was putting a little too much pressure on himself and now you can see that he's going he, seems like he's getting into the cage and making a couple of adjustments of staying on some of those right-handed uh, breaking balls and stuff like that because you saw that tonight right from Craig Staman the, the the big curveball he stayed on it and drove it over- over the wall, and that was obviously the turning point in the game. So I think we're going to see um, similar performances from, from uh, Tyrone Taylor just because of the fact that he's getting more of an opportunity.
1: You know this as well as anybody. The league adjusts to you. You adjust to the league. It's an every day, every at-bat process. But what happens is when guys are getting that every day opportunity, eventually the league does start start making some adjustments are, are we coming up on that right now with Taylor where he's going to start, where pitchers are going to maybe do some things different to him and he's going to have to react to that?
3: The Major League Baseball is relentless. It is so difficult just because of what you said. It's, it's like these these teams are going to start, you know, really attacking. They're going to try to nitpick a, a part of the zone where they think they can attack him, and they're just going to do that until he proves to them that that's not how you can attack him. So, you know, you might see all of a sudden right-handed sliders. That might be all he sees. Um, but, yeah, I, I, second time through the league is kind of when that happens maybe second time through the division. I think Cardinals are coming into town here next, uh, this coming week so uh you probably are going to see teams start to attack him a little bit differently but that's where you know he's going to get to work a little bit with the data analytics team with the hitting coaches connor dawson ozzy timmons where he's going to try and find a way to combat that and and again i think his key is just to stay on the baseball a little bit of an old school idea use the hands try and shoot the ball the other way and react in. he's quick enough to react in. rock talks about that all the time in the broadcast Aaron Ashby's
1: going to get the start coming up tomorrow. Uh, he's, he's in the rotation now. For There's no more bouncing in and out of the rotation. As long as Freddy Peralta is injured, Ashby's got, uh, got that spot. You love the fact that he was able to impact this team in such a positive way coming out of the bullpen, but for him, how much probably does it put him at ease now that he knows exactly what his role is going to be for the, uh, for the time being?
3: I, I, yeah, I think it does. I think this kid's a gamer, though. I mean, he's only—he t- turned 24 years old today. Today was his birthday, so happy birthday! Or yesterday, it's already past midnight. Um, but it's uh, yeah, he is a kid that is a gamer. He, it's whatever role that you put him in, he's gonna—he's gonna excel and he's gonna do whatever he has to to help the team. But yes, this is gonna help him understand that hey, now I can make an impact in the starting rotation. I can—I can be part of the best starting rotation in baseball. Um, uh, and he's going to go out, and he's going to he's going to deal. He dealt, he absolutely dealt against the Miami Marlins two times out, four innings, uh, eight punch outs. He was like ninety eight, ninety nine with that sinker. All he has to do is be in the zone. His stuff is so filthy. He's got the slider as well. He's, he's you know continuing to refine the change up. He's got the curveball as well. So he's got multiple weapons to be a frontline starter in this league. Again, just has to be in the zone. I think um, It is Padres. Team does not impress me. I don't know about you, Matt, especially this lineup besides Manny Machado. Um, and so I think he's going to have no problem getting through this lineup. All
1: right, very good. Try to get some sleep tonight. We'll talk again real soon.
3: Sounds good, Matt. Thanks.
1: All right, there's Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst. If you want to join us, we got some time for you, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Polly on air. Text, tweets, phone calls coming up in just a moment. Brewers, they uh, beat San Diego by a 4-1 score. The series even one one. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
2: A double played up the 2-0 pitch, swung on granite, softly back to Milner, who fields, sets his feet, throws the second one, relay back to first, got him! It's a double play, wow! A bullet of a relay from Urias and out by an eyelash wins Grisham. The spectacular 1-6-3 twin killing.
1: 4-1 the brewers get the win in san diego series even at a game apiece in just a few hours they're going to be wrapping up this series in san diego welcome back it's brewers X innings here on wtmj if you want to join us you can do so by calling or texting the acuda mortgage talk at text line 855-616-1620 that's 855-616-1620 james on the south side has been very patient waiting hey james you're on wtmj
0: yeah matt uh Okay, the Brewers are doing great right now, and that uh, they're going to probably win their division. And that do you feel that they'll win hundred games this season? And do you feel that uh, this is a better team than the last uh, three or four that have uh, made the how do you say playoffs? Uh, uh, and wh- and how far do you think you're going to go?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think they're going to be right, appreciate the phone call. I think they're going to be right around 100 wins, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, hundred, hundred one, hundred two, somewhere in that area. And I think that's going to be good enough for them to win the division. Now, is there a possibility that the Cardinals can win this division? Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing yeah injuries may impact that a lot. We're seeing this team's dealing with some major injuries right now. This team does not have. Willie Adamas, Freddie Peralta, and Hunter renfro Two of their top hitters and one of their uh, pitchers. And if more players end up going down with injuries, that could change anything. But if this team is healthy, I think they are at least in the neighborhood of 100 wins. Where do I put this team in terms of other David Stearns, Craig Council-era teams? Um, I'd probably put them second behind the NLCS team. Uh, that you know that was the that was the yellow MVP year they acquired Mustakas late. Braun played well that year. Uh the starting pitching was not as good as this version of the starting pitching. That's the only reason uh, I kind of go eh. um yeah but I I thought that te- I like that team what they did offensively a little bit better but remember what they had to do with the pitching. I mean they They were using zippers and bubblegum and Velcro to put everything together on a nightly basis. Uh, This team obviously has the great starting pitching. So in many ways, this team is built to be able to go deeper into the postseason simply because of that. And that, for me the expectation is at least getting to the NLCS this year. If you win the division but have an early exit from the playoffs, there's still the accomplishment of winning the division, and that is an accomplishment. I'm not going to poo-poo that. But there is an aspect of the season that would be disappointing. Everything is lined up for this team to make a deep playoff run this year. They they have a legitimate opportunity to be in the World Series. They have a legitimate opportunity to win the World Series. Do I think they're the best team in baseball right now? No, there's some other teams that I think a little bit better of. But all you got to do is get hot at the right time. And with their pitching, they certainly have the opportunity to get hot and go on a late run. Mike in Colorado texting in, says the defensive play of the game had to be Hobie Milner's perfect throw to Urias to get the first out of the double play in the seventh. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that, Mike. That that was just a sensational, sensational play. And I think you, when you really look at it and kind of slow it down and think through the, the like the biomechanics of what actually happened and the the split-second decisions that were being made, uh, that is something. That is really something, and it is uh, that was a great play. Doug texting in. Good move to put Taylor in the fourth spot exactly where he belongs. Now keep him there. None of this eighth-spot stuff. He'd probably have 30 RBIs already with more at-bats. Uh, he's he's swinging it well right now. Like we've talked about it. Now he has one hit today. He has the one hit. So, if, but he's not really a guy that you expect to hit for average. If he's driving the ball, that's fine. That's what the Brewers need. The Brewers need players who drive the ball, extra bases, putting it in the gap, putting it over the wall, driving in runs. You don't do that with base hits. There there is so much more value to extra base hitters who don't hit for average as compared to guys who hit for average but don't get extra base hits just simply because most nights you are not going to be able to string hits together. So if Taylor continues to drive the ball the way he is driving it right now, uh, that goes a long way towards him being a middle-of-the-order run producer for this team. And if there was any doubt that he was going to be an everyday guy, that door opened yesterday when Hunter Renfro got hurt. There is no option at this point. Tyrone Taylor is an everyday player for this team until Hunter Renfro returns and at that point you look at where Lauren Cain is at, you look where everybody is at, and you make some decisions. But this you can make the argument that this next ten days is the biggest ten days in the career of Tyrone Taylor. Because if he continues to hit the way he's hitting right now, he will set himself up to be basically an everyday guy but if the league starts to catch up with him a little bit and he's not driving the ball then that's going to force some other decisions to be made. 855 616 1620 the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll break for the news in two minutes. We'll be back with Manager Craig Council after that this is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. <laughs> pitch, high drive, deep left field, racing back is Profar, that ball is gone. Mike Brasso, my goodness.
1: A blast down the left field line and the Brewers have tied it at one. They would go on to get a three-run home run from Tyrone Taylor in the sixth inning. All four runs come via the long ball and the Brewers get a 4-1 win. In San Diego tonight, Brewers' extra innings continues here on WTMJ as we eclipse the one o'clock a.m. hour. We're taking you till 1.30. Manager Craig C- uh, Craig Council spending some time with the media just a little while ago. Corbin Burns tonight, pretty good. Six innings, one run on five hits, five strikeouts, two walks. And the strikeout numbers a little lower than normal. His pitch count was a bit elevated through ninety-nine pitches uh, through those six innings. And uh, Craig Council opened up his post-game media session talking about the
4: performance of Burns was you know he's ahead of hitters and then they they kind of battled back into a lot of counts and that ran his pitch count up a little bit um but then as you know fourth fifth and sixth I thought he did a really nice job um just kind of attacking um his stuff was good he was just even when he started attacking you know they didn't they were they were patient against him and um but you know in the zone he the, the stuff was really good in the zone how important was it for him to get through fourth, fifth, and sixth, you know, all the way through sixth considering kinda how you had it lined up there without without Josh here? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think when we give Corbin the ball, you know, I think that's what you expect. Even, even, even if the first couple innings are – get he gets pushed the first couple innings, he, he's, you know, consistently done that, and you expect you expect that he will consistently do that. So, um, you know, we got a big inning from Hobie Miller tonight. Um, I, I thought that was a, you know, a good spot for him to to try to get us a the leverage inning and he did a really nice job made a heck of a heck of a defensive play um you know that's that's what everybody's talking about right now just that defensive play the athleticism to make that play how
0: how tough it! i mean that was the defensive
1: play of the day it felt like yeah
4: it 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 was i mean it's the play where you're going you know the towards first base and you have to spin around and make an accurate throw and and he put a throw right on the money um you know we see that throw going to center field a lot um, but he, he made a great play. What about just kind
3: of, you
1: know, how you guys fared
4: against Blake Snell? We've talked a lot about the lefties, but you kind of to put the pressure on him at the end. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, he had to get a good fastball. He took some really good swings early, first inning, um, early second inning and and you know, just just missed some balls and then he kind of he got locked in. His breaking ball was was good. It was sharp. Um, but we you know, we, we put a rally together in the six when he was kinda pitch count was getting up there and um then we got a big hit. Talk about
1: guys stepping up. I mean you say that often when someone goes down someone else
4: needs to step up. That's that's Tyrone tonight, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean I was you know that it was it was the hit of, you know, it was play of the game, um offensively and um you know, homers when with men on base are, are game changers and game winners often. And it's hard to hit homers on the, the nights here, right? Did Colton look like he stuck yeah. early. Some guys McCutcheon hit one pretty hard early. Yeah, yeah, we hit some balls hard. Um but he you know, he just he put it in the air and he hit it to hit it to a little shorter part of the park and um got it out of here. Magic Creek Council meeting with the media just a little while
1: ago as the Brewers get the win in San Diego over the Padres four one. How does it all go down? We'll tell you with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewer's Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this?
0: Third
3: deck. Holy smokes.
0: Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt
1: Foley. A 4-1 win for the Brewers in San Diego. The pitching matchup tonight. Corbin Burns on the mound for the crew. Blake Snell getting the start for the Padres. It would be the Padres who would strike first. It happens in the bottom of the first inning. Jake Cronenworth leads the inning off with a base hit. Then Manny Machado singles. That allows Cronenworth to go first to third. So runners on at the corners for Jerks and Profar.
0: Here's the 3-2 pitch, and it's a ground ball, gloved by Wong. He'll flip to Arias for one, on to first in time. It is a 4-6-3 double play. The run will score from third, but there are two outs.
1: Yeah, you absolutely give up the run for the two outs right there. The Padres take a 1-0 lead, but not to give too much away. That would be the final time we would hear from them from a scoring perspective. The uh, starting pitcher for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, really locks in after that. He'd give up some hits, had some uh, deep pitch counts, but for the most part, he was rolling through. And then in the fourth inning, he really seemed to find it. He struck out Robinson Cano, he struck out Hassan Kim, and then that brought
2: up the former brewer, Trent Grisham. The 2 2 to Grisham. Swing and a miss. He struck him out a curveball that bounced in there. Tag applied by Caratini, and Corbin Burns, he's finding it. Strikes him out. One, two, three, in order in the fourth. 1-0 going to the fifth, but the Brewers would do something about
1: that with Mike Brasso leading off the inning. 3-2 pitch. High drive, deep left field, racing back is Far. That ball is
0: gone. Mike Brasso, my goodness. A blast
1: down the left field line, and the Brewers have tied it at one. And then one inning later, they would take their first lead of the game. In the sixth, Andrew McCutcheon leads the inning off by walking. Luis Urias then reaches on a fielder's choice where McCutcheon is out at second. That brings up Christian Yelich. He gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second. That Yelich base hit ends the day for Blake Snell. New pitcher coming into the game is Craig Stamen. And the first batter he faces is Tyrone Taylor. So Taylor hits a home run on an 0-2 pitch. It is a three-run home run, and that gives the Brewers the 4-1 lead, as that would end up being the final score. Still some things to get to before all was said and done. Hobie Milner comes in to replace Corbin Burns in the seventh inning. He would run into a little bit of trouble. He would give up a base hit to Luke Voigt, then Hassam Kim would single. So runners on at first and second, and it's once again the former Brewer, Trent Grisham at the plate.
2: Well played up the 2-0 pitch, swung on granite, softly back to Milner, who fields, sets his feet, throws to second one, relay back to first, got him! It's a double play, wow! A bullet of a relay from Urias, and out by an eyelash was Grisham. A spectacular 1-6-3 twin killing.
1: Yeah, spectacular indeed. So the Brewers hold on to the 4-1 lead. Trevor Gott comes in to pitch the eighth inning. Yesterday, Brad Boxberger and Devin Williams each threw a ton of pitches, and Josh Hader isn't available, so you knew the bullpen was going to be used a little differently tonight. Milner covered the seventh. Gott being asked to cover the eighth gets Jake Cronenworth to fly out, but then Manny Machado reaches on a throwing error by Luis Urias. So one on, one out for Jerickson Profar, who reaches on a fielder's choice. Machado out at second. A base hit though from Eric Hosmer, and Will Myers comes to the plate representing the tying run.
0: Here's the 3-2 pitch. And it's a ground ball, gloved by Wong. He'll flip to Arias for one, onto first in time. It is a 4-6-3 double play. The run will score from third, but there are two outs.
1: So that was not. What happened was Will Myers actually uh, struck out. That was that uh, double play from the first inning there that scored a run and made it 1-0. So Will Myers would uh, strike out then. Uh, Tim Hill would throw a scoreless ninth inning for the Padres, and it would take us to the bottom of the ninth inning. Devin Williams on, he uh, strikes out Luke Voigt. Uh, then he gets Hossam Kim to ground out and Trent Grisham strikes out to finish off the game as the Brewers come away with the victory in this one tonight. With the win, the Brewers go to 27 and 16. The Padres, they drop to 28 and 15. Winning total for the Brewers four runs five hits one air they leave uh, three for the Padres one run eight hits one air and they end up leaving seven the winning pitcher is Corbin Burns he is two and two Blake Snell he takes the loss dropping to zero and two Devin Williams the save is third of the year home runs in the contest Mike Brasso hitting his third Tyrone Taylor hitting his fourth the game lasting three hours and 14 minutes played in front of a crowd of 39,834 folks at Petco Park in San Diego. Brewers get the 4-1 win against the Padres. That evens up the series at a game apiece. And now we go into the series finale coming up tomorrow afternoon, or technically this afternoon. Uh, We will preview that. We'll get you some scores from around baseball, and uh, we will call it a morning. That's all coming up next. Brewers get the 4-1 win in San Diego. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Fawley.
2: 4-1. Brewers
1: get the win in San Diego. Series even at a game apiece. Starting to wrap up this edition of the program as we approach 1.30 in the morning. Thank you so much for uh, staying up late with us tonight after the Brewers play a West Coast game. They'll wrap up the series with an afternoon contest coming up tomorrow. More on that in just a moment. Got a tweet at Matt Pauley on air from at Brew Crew Scott asking, was this the most unexpected win of the year? Hobie Milner, Mike Brasso, Trevor Gott, and uh, and, uh, Tyrone Taylor all seized their opportunities. Impressive team victory. Yeah, that's a really good question. And... Sometimes I have a hard... I can't remember what I had breakfast, uh, you know, for breakfast this morning. Sometimes I have a hard time recalling the most unlikeliest of moments. You know, the game that's probably most recent that feels like an unlikely victory was that series finale against Atlanta where they got down 4 nothing, and then they were down in the 9th, they were down in the 10th, and they were down in the 11th, and they eventually uh, won that game 7-6. So that was an unlikely victory, and I know it's unlikely for different reasons. Like, y- your point is is look at the players who contributed to this win compared to kind of the way they uh they ended up winning that game against Atlanta. But yeah, it's an interesting question. I think just most importantly, you're going to you're going to have nights like this in in a baseball season, not every day are you going to have everybody available. And right now, the Brewers are dealing with a few things. They they don't have their closer Arguably the best closer in baseball, because he's got a personal situation and a family situation that he has to deal with, and 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 rightfully so. He's right to uh, be with his wife as she deals with some uh, some complications uh, with her pregnancy. And good on Josh Hader for having um, the ability to to say, you know what, I'm not, I I don't think it's smart for me to go on this trip. I need to be with my wife from a priority standpoint. I really respect the fact that Josh Hader made that decision, but he's not available. And then uh, y- you've got guys out of the bullpen who aren't going to be available, especially after yesterday—a tight game that you end up losing in extra innings, where a lot of your high-leverage guys are, are, are throw a bunch of pitches. And you've got injuries with Willie Adames and Hunter Renfro, and what happens? You got a bunch of other guys who have to step up. And I think the names that you mentioned, Scott, are, are, are correct. Those, those are the players who stepped up and came up with really big moments in addition to Corbin Burns. and You, you know what you get from Corbin Burns on a game-in, game-out basis, even though this looked a little bit different today. Uh, he, he, he was still a dominant pitcher for the Brewers, giving up just one run in six innings of work. That is something that you will always take from him. But this is... This is the definition of a team victory. This is the definition of a a good character victory today for the Brewers against a good Padres team, a very good Padres team and also to bounce back from what was one of the toughest losses. You know, If today is going to be one of the most unexpected victories of the year then yesterday I think you would have to consider to be certainly one of the toughest losses of the year. So for those two things to happen uh, back to back, I think it makes uh, this one just that much more impressive as they're able to uh, get the win tonight in San Diego and now they've got a chance to possibly Take two of three uh, from the Padres if they can win in an afternoon contest coming up tomorrow. The Brewers uh, get that game back that they had lost in the division in terms of their lead. Uh, yesterday, the Brewers lost and the Cardinals won. Well, that switches back today. Cardinals end up losing to the Blue Jays by an 8-1 to score. Jordan Hicks got the start for St. Louis. He goes just three innings, allowing four runs on four hits. Had three strikeouts, but five walks. So he struggles. He takes the loss. He drops to 1-4, and four, and the Cardinals drop to 24-19 and 19 overall. Cubs had no problem. They get the win over the Reds, 11-4. Cubs are playing some better baseball again. You know, their, their overall record, not great at 18-24. But you look at what they have done recently, and they are playing some better baseball here at the moment. Again, who knows how real that really is. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, it is what it is with the Cubs, especially with the Brewers about to face the Cubs in a week or so. It is notable that they are playing better baseball. Marcus Stroman got the start for Chicago, five innings, two runs on four hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. Frank Schwindel hit a home run uh, for the Cubs. It was his, uh, s- actually hit two home runs, his fifth and his sixth home runs of the year. And then the final game tonight involving a team from the division. The Pirates at home losing 10 innings to the Rockies by a 2-1 score. Rosani Contreras coming up from AAA to make the start for the Buckos. He went five scoreless, giving up just three hits, five strikeouts, two walks. He does not factor into the decision. Around the Brewers, minor league system will start at Low A, Carolina. They get a win tonight over Kanapolis, 11-8. to High A, Wisconsin. It was a tough night for them this evening as uh, they lose in Cedar Rapids by a 13-2 score. Uh, Wisconsin still 10 games above 500 at 25-15. and 15. There were COVID issues uh, that prevented Biloxi from being able to uh, play their scheduled game tonight against Montgomery at MGM Park. And then it went to 11 innings in Toledo, and Nashville comes away with the victory as uh, they knock off the Mudhens by a 6-4 score Nashville is out to just an incredible start to the season as uh, they are 30-12 and to begin the year. Matt Hardy ends up picking up the win for uh, Nashville. He is now 1-0 with a 0 ERA, and uh, the save, it goes to uh, Zach Brown as he picks up his second save of the year. Brewers are going to wrap up this series against the Padres technically later on this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, as uh, they'll get a day game on getaway day. The Brewers are going to have left-handed pitcher Aaron Ashby on the mound, 0-3, a 3.49 ERA. Yu Darvish is going to make the start for the Padres. The right-hander comes in with a 4-1 record and a 3.91 ERA. 3-10 first pitch, that means our coverage will begin this afternoon at 2.35 and I'll talk to you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.